The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, Join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everyone, back to Dr. Connie's House Calls this week. I am so happy to have you tuning in. I'm going to start off with the segment I call The Doctor is In. And we're at the end of this month. We're starting tomorrow, Friday, the 1st of February, and that is a very special day. That is, uh, it is the 10th annual National Wear Red Day. So everyone go red. I'm going to wear my red dress tomorrow. Now what is, you know, go red about? Well, it starts off with a story about the American Heart Association. Ten years ago, the American Heart Association had a huge challenge they had to face. They looked at statistics and cardiovascular disease killed over 500,000 American women each year. Yet no one was paying attention, especially American women. And I remember at the time I was practicing medicine 10 years ago, when I would see women, their biggest fear wasn't heart disease. It was breast cancer. They were saying, oh, my God, I hope I don't get breast cancer, and I hope they didn't either. I mean, we didn't want breast cancer, but they didn't have any idea that the number one killer really was heart disease. Now, why is that? Because everybody associates back then heart disease with the killer of men. That was sort of a man's disease. But when you look at statistics, in the United States, one in four women dies from heart disease, and that's heart attack, stroke, heart failure. It is the number one killer. And I part of this is getting the word out to women that women have the biggest risk of dying of heart disease. In fact, a woman dies of heart disease, roughly one woman dies every minute in the U.S. More women than men have died from cardiovascular disease since 1984. So it's an amazing number. 64% of women who die suddenly of heart disease had no previous symptoms. And women have a different presentation from men. Men, when they have heart disease, they typically present <clears throat> with the elephant on the chest, pressure in their chest, goes down the arm, up the neck, usually ex ex associated with exertional pain, with exertion. Women are totally different. Women can come in and say, doctor, I just feel tired. I'm more short of breath when I exercise. My heart can skip a beat occasionally. So they have a totally different presentation from men. So in the past, when women had had this, People in the emergency room would say, well, you're not a guy, you know, you, you don't have any of the other symptoms. So they wouldn't associate it with, with that. 
So that was why they were discounted. So we're putting the word out. If you're a woman, you are at risk for heart disease. Pay attention to your symptoms. What are the risk factors? Well, the risk factors for heart disease are high blood pressure. So get your blood pressure checked. High cholesterol. What's your cholesterol? If you are a smoker, stop smoking. It kills so many people. Stress is a risk factor. Diabetes is a risk factor. Obesity is a risk factor. Family history definitely is also a risk factor uh, involved in that. If you are Hispanic, uh, if you're a Hispanic woman, you're likely to develop heart disease 10 years earlier than non-Hispanics. So beware. So the purpose of Go Red for February, the whole month of February, is to alert women and to men that more women die of heart disease. It's the number one killer. Uh, focus on the risk factors and go see your doctor and do something about it. We want to keep you alive. So that's my uh, doctor's in portion. Uh, I'm moving on to my shout-out, and I have several people, uh, actually quite a few people every year uh, who shout-out, and uh, I've gotten the recent shout-outs from my relatives in Los Angeles, my Aunt Tate, Mariano Sangalong, my cousin Ryan, uh, his fiance Lori, uh, cousins Anna and Eric, and I'm going this Friday, uh, actually Saturday, I'm flying out to Los Angeles with my hubby to attend the wedding of my cousin Eric Sangalong, to uh, actually my cousin um, uh, Ryan Sangalong to Lori, and we can't wait to go. We're one of the sponsors, so congratulations to you. Your wedding is going to be fabulous in Los Angeles. Uh, shout out to Octavio Suarez, who is in Tucson. He's a very wonderful dad. He wanted to know about how I became White House doctor, so I uh, sent a copy of my book to his daughter, Christina, as a gift, and she hopefully one day will, will become a White House doctor. There is another Eleanor. I love the name Eleanor. I don't use my name Eleanor a lot. It's on my birth certificate. But there's an Eleanor Joseph who I met at a book signing. And Eleanor emailed me about our last show about sculptors and art and, and all the artwork she collected. So hello to Ellie out there. Good to hear from you. A shout-out to Don Sullivan. Don is a dear friend of ours who is an event planner. And when she found out who my next guest will be, uh, she quickly went out and bought our guest's book online. Don Sullivan is her name, uh, my dear friend who is an event planner in California. For any of you wanting to do events in California or in Arizona, Don is available. She'll travel to you. If you want to reach Don, uh, her email is Don, D A W N, at D M Sullivan, S U L L I B A N dot net. Her number is 480 600 7601. She's a wonderful event planner. I have a shout out here to Trudy Hennon and Mike Cook. Mike Cook is one of my husband John's dearest friends from the college years. Mike is the only guy who can have my husband laughing to the point of tears, rolling on the floor, laughing out loud. That's Mike Cook, tremendous guy. And Trudy listened into our show a couple weeks ago about loss and hope and connected with uh, a friend who had passed on. So they really, uh, uh, and I'll talk about that a little bit here in a few minutes about people passing on. Uh, Mike Bolinovich, uh, a friend of ours from Secret Service, retired, says hello. He's from uh, Cleveland now, and we have so many good memories of him. He's in my book about about that. So those are my shout-outs. Anybody? Oh, we have another shout-out. Oh, let's see. Oh, okay. Um, shout-out. Oh, I have another shout-out. Um 
we have uh, one of our former White House chefs, actually the, the, the senior chef of the White House when I was there in Clinton, and he says, Hi, Connie, hope it's all going well. Saw you're doing a piece on Laura Schwartz, who's our guest today. Looks great. Don't forget your favorite out-of-work White House chef. So I'm going to invite Walter Scheib uh, to do a show with us in the next few weeks on food for thought and how to be in the food industry because I'm going to talk about food and it's going to make us really hungry because it's dinner time. So I want to share with you that yesterday, January 30th, was my birthday and I love my birthday. I'm, I just, it's the happiest time for me. It's like, it's, I'm just enamored with my birthday. One of the things I do for my birthday is I thank my mom and dad. I send my mom flowers every year right before my birthday to thank her because one of the sad stories when I was born, they always wanted a boy. That generation said, well, you have to have a son first. And you know, that's beyond the, the woman's control there. And so every year I send flowers to my mom and I say, thank you for my birthday. Because when my mom had me, nobody sent her flowers in the hospital. And even the nurse came up and said, we are so sorry you had a baby girl. You can try next time and have a little boy. Now, isn't that sad? I, you know... You know, it's unfortunate, but I think she's happy now that she had me. I was so fortunate on my birthday. I got tons of cards and letters. I had so many flowers delivered. Somebody thought somebody had died in my office. So, But I thank all those great people who sent me those. I started the, the day, and I had breakfast uh, with a dear friend of mine, Frank McGuire, Mac McGuire. And I have known him for over 30 years. He was with me in training in San Diego. And as we're sitting at breakfast, he hands me this lovely card, and he hands me a book. That's my gift. And it's The Proof of Heaven, A Neurosurgeon's Journey into the Afterlife by Dr. Eben Alexander. And I looked at it and said, this is incredible. I'm reading the book at home. And he said, Dr. McGuire said, well, I just finished it. And he was going off to a funeral of his uncle. And I'm going to work on trying to see if we can get Dr. Alexander to speak. But if you haven't read it yet, it is a physician's look at the afterlife. And Dr. Alexander uh, was a neurosurgeon in North Carolina, very distinguished scientist, neurosurgeon, trained at Harvard. I mean, great credentials. And he uh, had E. coli meningitis a few years back, was not expected to live, and he survived. He woke up on the seventh day, and he describes in vivid detail what he saw when he was in his coma. He traveled into the afterlife, and it supports a lot of what the NDE, the near-death experience people describe, and it to me, it gives hope about life after death. And uh, you never say goodbye completely to the people you love. So if you're looking for a book that goes beyond this life, please uh, pick up a copy of Dr. Alexander's book. But uh, I really did. Oh, the title? It was Proof of Heaven. Proof of Heaven. Um, I had a great birthday. I went in the clinic. I saw a few patients. Uh, lots of calls from everybody. But I am such a foodie. I love to eat. I don't drink. Uh, I eat. And I had a great dinner at a restaurant uh, close to my office in Cave Creek. And the restaurant is Binkley's. It is a five-star restaurant in Cave Creek, Arizona. Kevin and his wife, Amy Binkley, are the owners. Kevin Binkley is the chef. He's has a great pedigree. He was chef at the French Laundry in Napa Valley, the Inn at Little Washington, and it isn't just a meal. It is a total experience. If you go onto their website, 
Uh, you Google Binkley's, B-I-N-K-L-E-Y, possibly, yes, restaurant in Cave Creek, Arizona, you will see the most beautiful food. In fact, when they bring the food out, everybody has to photograph the food. I mean, you have to look at your food, photograph it, put it on Facebook, and it is so delicious, you just have to slowly go through it. We had the four-course meal, but they have all these intercourses, and it sounds sexual. Uh, there were multiple intercourses uh, through that, the meals in between there. And so it's a delightful experience. It wasn't just the food. It was the ambience, the service. It was amazing. And so, in fact, I'm looking at the menu. They, they have this scroll here. It's like you had graduated. They have happy birthday. You know, somebody said, well, what did you eat? I had the uh, pork and pineapple Sweet pickles, it had red onion, crunchy polenta, fried basil. And then I had their seared diver scallops were to die for. The fish I had was the skate. And then I had their decadent chocolate. And my two sons, Andrew and Jason, the best sons of all, they brought me Tammy Co, C-O-E, uh, cake, which is this decadent uh, feast of chocolate and whipped cream and cherries. It was, uh, it was the ultimate in oral sex. For those of you who were with me during the Clinton years, it was really oral sex. So um, <clears throat> I'm just salivating thinking about it, and uh, it was truly a delight. But I am so excited today because uh, after our break, I'm going to bring on a dear friend of mine, somebody who goes back to my White House days, who has a great story to tell. She came to the White House, starts off as a volunteer, and because of her spunk, her positivity, her can-do nature, rises to become a super event planner, conducting great events at the White House, telling the president what to do, where to go, if you can even believe that. And that's, uh, I want to say doctor. She is a doctor. Dr. Laura Schwartz, and that's S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Laura will be calling in from Chicago, where she's having a martini. Uh, She's the author of the book, Eat, Drink, and Succeed. Uh, You can get it on Amazon. I had somebody tell me they just downloaded her book. It is a great read. It's a how-to network and succeed and make points with people. Uh, Bill Clinton endorsed it, and so, you know, she knows what she's talking about. Uh, Bill Clinton, Sir David Frost endorsed it. Bill Clinton says, behind the scenes at the White House, Laura saw firsthand that we can achieve uh, ourselves by best helping others, but that doing so requires us to go beyond our good intentions with the determination not to be distracted and a commitment to building partnerships with those who share our goals. This book shows how she learned the lesson well. So stay tuned. I've got Laura Schwartz coming up, uh, How to Eat, Drink, and Succeed, and have a great life with that. Stay tuned to the Dr. Connie Haskells. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. 
We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, coming soon. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Hey, welcome back. I am so excited with this show because it's old home week for me or old house week for me, white house week for me. But I want to tell you about my guest today, um, Laura Schwartz is an amazing woman I met at the White House. And let me give you her background. First of all, uh, you can follow her on Twitter at uh, Laura Schwartz, and it's L-A-U-R-A-L-A-U-R-A-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Her website is uh, whitehousestrategies.com, all one word. She is the author of the book, Eat, Drink, and Succeed, Climb Your Way to the Top Using the Networking Power of Social Events, you can pull her up on Amazon. You can download it. But Laura is a professional speaker. She's the author of this great book. We met at the White House under the Clinton years. And I'm going to have her tell her story here in a few minutes. But she's a professional motivational speaker. Uh, she, at the White House, came in as a volunteer, worked in the, uh, the, off, the social office, and she rose as a result of her positivity, her enthusiasm, and she's the most positive. She's always sw- smiling, in, even in the most adverse of, uh, times. Laura's always smiling, those positive times. She rose to become the White House Director of Events for the Clinton Administration, and she was truly the queen of the parties. She, But it was a lot of hard work. It was not you know, all fun and games. This is a lot of work. As I talked about uh, going to a fancy restaurant for a great meal, it's about the experience. It's about creating magic. And that's what Laura did during the White House years. She organized, created these fantastic events for the White House, for the president. She executed more than a 1,000 White House events, including state dinners, America's Millennium Celebration, and NATO's 50th anniversary. She's a commentator on major networks, CBS News, Fox News Channel, CNN. She did cover the inauguration of uh, a week or so ago for BBC World News. You'll see her on TV. And I just love Laura. She's one of my dearest friends. Laura, welcome to the Dr. Connie House Calls. 
Well, happy birthday, Connie, and it is just my true honor to be online with you tonight. Oh, Laura, tell tell everybody how your story, uh, how you came to the White House. Well, I'll tell you the, the brief part about it. The only way I could stay at the White House for eight years is because I had folks like you behind me. I just want all of the listeners to know that uh, Dr. Mariana was not just the president's uh, doctor. She was the one that we all looked to if we had a cold, if we had the sniffles. If I thought, you know, I was hoarse because of GERD or I was hoarse just because I was talking too much. It was amazing. Everyone, and I, and I can only imagine some of the conversations, we went to Connie with everything. So we were just really fortunate to have a terrific sounding board and someone who was always calm in the most dire of situations. And that really is what you had to be. And I certainly learned that as I started as a volunteer in 1993. It was the day after the inauguration. I attended as a student. I was going to the American University at the time. And I was out there with everybody, all the other huddled masses. And, mm-hmm. and we were just freezing. But it was fun. I was right there. I'd call my congressman. So I was standing and, and wasn't too far off from the west front of the Capitol. Well, little did I know the adventure that was going to be set before me. I... Like I said, started the next day answering phones, and, and it was in the press office, and I, I kept a little ledger. And every time somebody called, because the staff didn't have time to really tell you what was going on, they were figuring it all out themselves. Well, I took notes on who got how many calls. Ooh. And then I would go over to one of the regional press secretaries that looked really busy, and I said, listen, it, it, it looks like you've got an event next week. If you'd like, I'm happy to come in, and, and I've got the day off from class, so I, I can help uh, do whatever you need. And they, they would tell me, oh, well, it's not glamorous. I just I need somebody to escort crews from the North Lawn. Uh, Northwest Gate is the press entrance. Connie will remember that lingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the Rose Garden. And I said, well, that sounds great. So now instead of uh, answering the phones for a couple of hours on another day, I was escorting crews and then being able to just bear witness way in the back to a presidential event. And that's really where it started from me, to observe and to learn and offer my help where I could see a need for it because I obviously didn't have uh, credentials to go speak on the record or, or jump right in. But I could do things like that. I was the gopher. I was the ultimate gopher at the White House. And I didn't mind the fact that I was answering phones most of the time. I did it alongside of some incredible volunteers and one other student. You see, the intern program at the White House wasn't yet started at this point in 1993. It didn't start up until that summer, but there was a guy in the press office that had gone to American University in the program I was in, and, and he had called a professor to see if anybody uh, had some time to volunteer. So, so that's how it all started, but there was one other student that did it as well. Well, she would go to the press office, 9 to 5, answer phones, and leave. I would go in at 6.30, because that's when staff was there. I'd stay till 10, 10.30 at night, and staff was still there when I left. And I would uh, make a copy of everything that I copied. <laughs> and that's how I learned how to write a press release. That's how I studied the media advisories. And, and that really is, uh, is what gave me a base of knowledge. But then just being there to, to always be helpful and, and having the work ethic that my parents instilled in me when I was young as owners of a small business. So the summer came and an internship program started up and uh, Dee Dee Myers, the press secretary at the time, and George Stephanopoulos, our communications director at the time, asked me if I'd like to stay on, uh, just volunteer. And, and keep working with the staff and helping the interns out. And I said, well, of course. So I stayed on in the press office, and at the end of that summer, uh, I gave that call to my parents, mm. and I said, Mom and Dad, 
I'm still learning so much. It's when healthcare began. Mm-hmm. Connie, you remember that oh, yeah. long slog. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and we had a, a first lady that was just as involved as the president. Uh, but just one television director, and at the time, great guy named Dave Anderson. Mm-hmm. Dave has a signature uh, hair that stands up. So do I, in a way, now. Uh, and he would always travel for the president, but they didn't have someone for the first lady. So, you know, just dedicated. So they would send me out to, to help do her different interviews on the road, and that was going well. And then I was hired as a staff assistant uh, there in the fall of 1993. I was the youngest woman at 20 ever to be hired in an administration. And I, I keep checking on that tally, Connie, just to make sure I'm You're still, still the youngest. You're still the youngest. Absolutely. You set the record. That. You I set can the hang record. On to that. Um, and then I became the Midwest press secretary a year later, or just under that, and then the director of television. So when I was the Midwest press secretary, I really uh, verbally translated the president's message, both proactively and reactively with the Midwestern United States, the television affiliates, the newspapers. If the president would fly somewhere uh, in the Midwest, I would go about five days ahead of time, get the press ready, find a good local stop. As Connie knows, we called OTRs Mm -hmm. off the record (laughs) so that we could get a really good local story because amidst whatever national scandal was going on, we always had our best opportunities locally. People really wanted to know about how this crime bill President Clinton was talking about affected them. And we were able to really communicate that well in these settings back outside of Washington, but in the townships and the cities across America. But then when I became the director of television, which I always would help out and enjoy doing, I was now visually shaping that message of the president for his interviews, foreign and domestic, and working alongside the director of events, who was over in the other wing of the White House, the East Wing, and uh, and I'd help out. We'd put a lot of events up live for everybody to see and, and work with the, the visuals of it. Well, I never thought in my life that she would ever leave her post, but hey, you know, mm-hmm. as the romantic stories go, she mm-hmm. dated and then married a Secret Service guy, and they moved off to Florida, and then the Clintons asked me to take her position, and it was just a dream. I, you know, I think... The reason I was able to achieve that is that never at one point was I vying for the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. I was never trying to show off so I could be noticed outside of others. I think if you do a good job, if you've got the right attitude, like Dr. Connie said, I'm always smiling. You know what? Sometimes I'm not in a good mood, but I'll smile anyway. Because sometimes the more we do that, the more we become in a good mood. I mean, Connie, you've got to have so much research just about how the emotional affects the physical. It's all about the positive. And I think when I think of your story, Laura, you are an American story where you came from in the mm-hmm. Midwest, humble beginnings. You know, you're heading off to college and thought, I'm going to volunteer. And you wind up the director of White House <laughs> events. They ought to do a movie about you. You should sell your screenplay. But I think that the thing that is you tell your story that stands out to me is you no job was too low. You were humble to begin with. You are a go-getter. You're positive. You're delightful. You are always a joy to be around. So it was something that somebody would look at you and say, I want to hire her. And you worked your way. You, you didn't plan it. There's no way you could have planned this. You were at the right place with the right people with the right attitude. And they said, you know what? I'm going to give Laura this job because I know you can do this. And that's the thing that really impressed me about, about what you've done. Can you share with us before we go? We've got another minute before we go to the break. First time you met the president, President Clinton, how was that? 
It was so nice. It, it, we got to go and watch one of his radio addresses, um, myself and some of the other volunteers, the senior citizens in our office. And it was just magnificent to see this man walk into a room with such presence and to sit down. And although he was just recording something for radio, nobody was looking at him live or live on television. But he still had the same emotion as if he was giving it to a room of a thousand because he truly believed in what he was saying and why he was saying it. And from that day on, I knew in my life, you always have to not just know what you're saying, but why you're saying it. Oh, amen to that. Amen. He taught us how to give a speech, how to communicate, just to watch him mesmerize the crowd. Remember all the speeches he did? We would just stand there watching from the, the sidelines, and the crowd would be totally mesmerized. So I want everybody to stand by. We're going to be back in a few minutes. I want to share, uh, have Laura share more about what she did at the White House, but also about her book, the advice she gives to young people. I have Andrew Stevens, who's uh, my co-host here, uh, who's in his mid-20s, and I'm looking forward to the advice Laura is going to give to young people in their mid 20s on how to succeed. So stay tuned for Dr. Connie House Calls. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Want the inside scoop about what's going on in the social networks of art and entertainment? Tune in to Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. We'll talk to the top professionals in the entertainment industry and find out what they're working on and what's next. Your host is James Barber, who has his finger on the pulse of the arts and entertainment world. Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. I am just having a great time reliving our days at the White House with Laura Schwartz, who is Director of White House Events. 
And one of the things that Laura has demonstrated in her history is her positive attitude, her can-do attitude, and her smile. And she did so many things. And in the end, tell me about the great... Can you look back, Laura? What event stands out in your mind as the greatest event you ever produced at the White House? It's such a... And it's, it's a good reason why that's such a tough question. Because there were certain ones that I enjoyed because of the impact that we were making on an issue. Or because there was a special personal moment that, you know, like watching Senator Glenn come in after flying his mission when he was in his 70s mm. to the, uh, into space and back. That was really just a neat moment because I remember hearing, uh, uh, you know, watching the video footage, hearing my parents talk about how significant it was when he took off. And then I, I not just got, I did not only get to meet him, but he came for the screening of the HBO series called From the Earth to the Moon that Tom Hanks had done. Mm-hmm. And my parents were in town at the time. And so my parents were the best seat fillers ever. <laughs> there was a state dinner. And even at state dinner, some people don't show up because they can't get in, uh, for weather, what have you. They didn't have to crash the party? <laughs> Thank goodness. But then again, we had a lot of things in place. and followed procedure. Anyway, uh, my parents got to sit next to uh, Senator and Annie Glenn, and that was that was really a, a neat opportunity because you, all of a sudden you find yourself uh, a witness to history in the making, mm-hmm. as well as observing the history that's come before you in this so, sort of um, living color, if you will. I really have to say some of the events I enjoyed the most were not big and not even covered by the press. The Children's Miracle Network would bring a bunch of kids. In fact, your office was always put on alert because Mm -hmm. these are kids that are either seriously or terminally ill. And the Children's Miracle Network would bring a bunch of them and and like two parents and sometimes their healthy siblings as well. Probably a group of about 70 overall. Uh, They come to Washington. They tour in Washington. Then they always get a tour of the White House. And they, of course, always asked for the president to, to come and greet the children. And scheduling couldn't always commit to that. But it always, always happened because it was really important to President Clinton. And what I really loved about it is that here these kids are and their families. They're touring the White House. They're taking pictures. And President Clinton surprises them, spends time with every one of them. Again, these kids can't even vote. They're not old enough. Yeah. And, and there's no press around. There's no message. He's not trying to get anything from them or a vote a certain way. No, he was there because he genuinely cared. And for that moment, for those 15 minutes, for that half hour, they weren't thinking about their next doctor's appointment. Right. That's the magic of what you did. What surprised you about the White House? Oh, gosh. Um, I think what surprised me the most is that it's a working complex. I always, when I first got to Washington early January '93, I remember looking in from the gates, and I just thought that was a big house, and and they would host parties in it, and, and I thought, well, the offices are probably all next door in the Eisenhower Executive Office Building, and the majority of them are, but the White House is a very working home, and the space that the first family has is relatively small. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure the square footage, but when when you look at the White House, like I think a lot of everybody has done from lips. So you're looking at the south portico. That's where the helicopter lands and takes off. It's that rounded south portico on that side. Well, as you're facing that, 
in the middle right there is the residence. It's it's that you've got the state floor and the ground floor. And on the left is the west wing, on the right is the east wing. But and that's all that's all working space I just described. It's even your doctor's office and OR are all a part of that. But then up on the third floor, the Truman balcony is what protrudes in the in the oval shape. And that's still space that used for ceremonial purposes. And then it's just to the left of that, over one third of that section that they live. It really is a working house. That's a great way to describe it. You know, we can go on for several hours talking about all our White House events. And what um, what I find interesting is there is life after the White House. And when you left the White House, where did you go? Well, I got to tell you, Connie, that was a a big moment for me because after eight years, and I can't imagine what it was like for you because it was also your military service during and, and, and leading up to that. Um, when you retired from, from the Navy. But I have to say, after eight years traveling with the president, <laughs> having somebody else's schedule that wasn't your own, though you're completely passionate about it and believe it, and every day you believe in what you're doing. And you're doing it to, to, to your best ability because it's not just about you. And it's not even just about the Clinton administration. It's about something bigger than that. You were making an impact in the country and the world. All of a sudden, Noon on inauguration mm-hmm. day, you no longer have a phone. You no longer have business cards with that beautiful gold seal imprinted on it. You don't have an office. It's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have intersection control anymore in the motorcade. You're in the van. <laughs> Lights and sirens every yeah. now and then. Yeah. Uh, but I really struggle with how now am I going to make an impact in my life without having the White House behind me. And that's when I, I spent uh, the first couple years traveling with President Clinton. About six or seven of us stayed on to do that as he started traveling for his speaking uh, series as well as the foundation, which is now the Global Initiative. And I enjoyed the, the experience that gave me to not just travel the world like I had with him, but I could have a week here, a week there. I would stay behind in a country and explore it. So I truly enjoyed that time to sort of decompress and then ramp up to the realization that how can I translate what I did behind the scenes to history for eight years into the lives of for-profit and non-profit corporations and organizations, industry associations, students, stay-at-home parents, people that are facing a new career or a career change halfway through life. And, and honey, that's where the book Eat, Drink, and Succeed came from because, as you know very well, we saw a lot of people at the White House come, and they ate, they drank, how <laughs> all stuffed in their pockets. I mean, you saw the mo, you know, um, uh, ladies with their beautiful Judith Lieber purses, mm-hmm. and they could only get the clothes because of the towels they took out of the ladies' room. Right, the little napkins with the embossed uh, White House. I'm looking at, you know, this book. It's well written, Laura. You've done a how-to manual. For us social nerds who, you know, you, you have so many savvy pieces of advice here. Um, what is the biggest piece of advice you'd give to somebody who says, you know, I want to make an impression on people when I go to a party? What do you recommend to somebody like that? I, I tell you what, uh, the the lesson that I learned at the White House that that I use most, or really to give the foundation of this book, is that as many people as I saw take those White House towels, I saw <laughs> a lot of people eat, drink, and then leave with ideas they turned into 
reality and relationships that turn into partnerships. And I truly believe that's what we can all do as a guest. We can get more out of any event than just the free food and drink. And, um, and when I look at those that did it well, like Steven Spielberg for came to the 1994 state dinner of Boris Yeltsin. And while he was there, he started talking with these two other guys, also Hollywood, though they never worked together and didn't know each other. And, and during cocktails, they talk and then during dinner, they're sat at different tables. And then during dancing in the grand foyer, they step to the side and they start huddling up and talking. Mm-hmm. Some- well, those two other guys just happened to be David Geffen and Jeff Katzenberg. And it was only 13 days later they announced DreamWorks. Isn't that amazing? You put together the ingredients for that to happen. You created the environment, the ambiance. Doesn't that make, doesn't, doesn't that make you feel great that you created that environment? You mentioned about Binkley's and, and events overall, how it's Experience, and we, and that's really how I believe we did. We created White House experiences because just as much as the guest can get more out of every event than, than just uh, food and drink, I really believe that the host and all of us, whether we're hosting friends for dinner or drinks at our condo or tiny apartments, or you're having a, a barbecue for the soccer team, or you're throwing a, a birthday party or a wedding, or, or you're working on a nonprofit gala, really a powerful host is one that both makes the event enjoyable mm-hmm. and productive as well so that the guests can thrive in that experience. And to me, it's all about networking in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And that's something that sometimes we really lose sight of. I, I bet a lot of your listeners have been in these conversations with people maybe they just met, and you sort of feel like the person's just trying to figure out what they can get from you, you know, what medical advice or antibiotics. <laughs> Hey, Laura, stand by. We're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be right back on House Calls with Laura Schwartz. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement. 
The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back. We are having a great time interviewing Laura Schwartz, former director of White House events during the Clinton years, author of Eat, Drink, and Succeed. And we've got a question. Andrew, what's the question? Yeah, Laura, you know, you're talking about these events, and it's one thing to go to one and over a couple, a couple cocktails talk with someone about a great idea, but how important is follow-up after the event in making sure that you keep your connection and relationship, but also go forward with some ideas that you might have come up with at the party. Oh, Andrew, that is such an excellent question because how many times are we all out at an event or even a meeting and you may have gathered somebody's business card and had a good conversation with them right then and there, but you know, you put that business converse, you know, card down and then you're thinking like six months later, boy, I sure could use that person's help. But then you're thinking, well, I never followed up. That relationship sort of, you know, went down the drain. It really could have gone somewhere. So by really creating the follow-up and follow-through, I think that's where, especially when it's competition, maybe somebody's vying for a job or you're making a good first impression. Uh, out of the 10 people that that person has met, how many do you think would actually write a thank you note? You know, there are moments in this uh, age of technology that are unbelievable to help our lives. But it's also created a certain technological laziness in the society where people will meet someone and they whip off an email. Mm -hmm. Good to meet you. Or a text. Oh, I can't stand it when, like, I'll meet somebody. Yes, it's a lovely text. You know, great to meet you tonight. Da, 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 da. But they send it at 1230 in the morning. Mm. I'm thinking to myself, is this a drunken text? Come on. <laughs> you know, a sex text? Wait, what is this? <laughs> um, you know, that doesn't make the impression. But... To send a note out the next day, 9 a.m., so they, they think that you're the first person on their mind. You send a note out saying how great it was to have met them. But then try that afternoon or in the next few days, write a handwritten note. And it doesn't have to be long. One time I met this really nice guy. He was taking his family to Disney. We were talking about this in our conversation. And he had mentioned to me that they were going to hit all the parks but Animal Kingdom. And I said, oh, Larry, Animal Kingdom is awesome. Your kids would love it. He's like, well, they're a little older. I said, hey, they've got an awesome roller coaster. So that was our conversation. Simple, enjoyable. I sent him a note saying it was great to meet him. And then I sent a thank you note. And in the note, I said, hey, I hope you have a great time at Disney. You're going to love Everest, the roller coaster. Then I printed out, I just Googled Everest, uh, Animal Kingdom, and a little article came up. I folded it up, and I put it inside that thank you note. I sent it to him, and three days later, I got a call from him thanking me for the thank you note, and he was so <laughs> impressed that I listened yeah. to him. And you know what? 
a year and a half later, he called me to book me for a speaking engagement. Wow. And in the meantime, I had kept in contact with him. If I saw something that would be interesting to his business, I would send him a note about it. And it, it's just, you know, it's follow up and follow through is about following up and then maintaining. And I have to say, I may never have gotten a speaking engagement out of our relationship, and that would have been fine because I was learning through our interactions about his industry. And so all it takes, all it takes is you Google uh, a topic that you discussed, you print it out, you put it in that envelope, and what better way to empower someone else than to let them know that you listened to them. And when we listen, and I talk about this in the book, when I discuss the, the power of listening and the power of knowledge and the power of an introduction and conversation and so forth, uh, for both master networkers who just want to take their game up to the next level and for those that just aren't comfortable in, in networking situations. But I always tell people, when you listen, that's your moment to gather information, to start finding out what you can do for them. Because it goes back to, you know, a lot of times people think, well, what can I get from you? But networking to me is what can I do for you? What bridges in my life, professionally or personally, do I have that I can build for you to, to get you to where you're going? Because when we build bridges for others, we often find out where we ourselves are meant to cross in life. And, um, and as we listen and as we are more familiar with those scenes in our lives and where our power is sometimes overlooked, but it's there, uh, we can already start thinking of how we're going to connect them to their next step. It is, you have the best advice. It's the power of connections. And mm-hmm. I think what you've demonstrated, what you did for that gentleman for Disney, Disney World, was you paid attention, you gave him your attention, you were thoughtful, you listened. And I think people love it when you treat them as though they are special because they are special. One of the things that you and I know very well about Bill Clinton's magic and his charisma is if you're in a crowded room and you're in a crowd and Bill Clinton walks up and he shakes your hand, he makes you feel as though you're the only person there. And it's the power of your attention, your thoughtfulness. One of the things that uh, he used to do that he told me when he was campaigning many, many years ago for governor, he would go into a room, work the crowd, business cards. Afterwards, he'd go on the back of the business cards and put details about people, name of the wife and the kids, you know, special hobbies. He'd memorize them. He'd have a way to remember people. And I like your idea that when you, you talked about in your book, when you go to parties, you know, you prepare your mints, your business cards, you know, everything's all set and you're ready to go because that's your project to connect and network and your attitude that it's about helping others, not what's in it for me, but what's in it for others, what's in it for, you know, how you can help others is great. Did you learn that as good Midwest values from your mom and dad? I did. I did. I have to give a great shout out to mom and dad, Dennis and Judith Schwartz in, in Plymouth, Wisconsin tonight listening. I tell you, my dad was a traffic manager at a cheese company for 16 years. My mom was a practicing registered nurse for 16 years as well. She left her job, stayed home with me and my sister. My dad lost his job because a competing company came in and no longer needed it. Mm. He could have tried switching to another company or moving the family somewhere. But instead, he followed his passion and made it his profession in photography. Now, they opened up a small studio. My mom did the whole business end of it and learned that, to her incredible credit, my dad took his hobby and and polished it and went to seminars and and had the right mentors and, and perfected his craft. And you need clients, right? Mm-hmm. 
They never put marketing materials in the paper. We couldn't afford it. Uh, we never went door to door, of course. But I tell you what, all those years before they ever knew they'd go into photography, they were the first to volunteer in our community and in our church. They were there for neighbors when they needed anything. And they truly were networking when they didn't even know it. And then they opened the studio and they have a client base. Not because they've had a big active uh, publicity campaign. It's because these are the people that they've always helped through their lives. Well, they taught you well. What are you doing now? Right now? Yep, nowadays, post-White House years. Post-White House years, Mom and Dad are now traveling with me as I travel around the world speaking on this very topic of Eat, Drink, and Succeed. And I tell you, Connie, there is no better gift, and I'm sure Andrew and Jason both agree with me, than to give back to your mom and dad because they have been there for me at every moment in my life. When I was 20 years old before I was hired at the White House and I said, Mom, Dad, I think I want to stay instead of going back to college. And they supported me then. Uh, and and through all of my life and the good times and the bad times and, and to be able to take them around the world to these great places and, and share with them my excitement and what I'm doing that again goes back to so much of what they taught me what President Clinton and Mrs. Clinton taught me and by working around people like you Connie taught me that truly is, is what I'm all about today and it feels great to give that back to, to anyone that needs the message. Like I said, people that just want to take their networking to the next level and those that have to start exercising step by step. People, people show me they tear out the back, uh, tear out pages from my book that are meant to be torn out and they laminate them and I'll be at a dinner and somebody will come up to me and, and, and open up their purse and say, look, look, I have your check. <laughs> That's feeling, you know, it's 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 a it's a positive message on networking, and um and and it's impacting people's lives in the way that I know I can. I, hey, I I couldn't give a clinical checkup, wouldn't want to, wouldn't have me as your doctor, uh, but this I can do. Well, Laura, God bless you for what you do. We're drawing to a close, but I want everybody to go out and get Eat, Drink, and Succeed by Laura Schwartz. I think you're. An incredible speaker. If you're all looking for a guest speaker, Google Laura Schwartz. Go to her website. Uh, follow her on Twitter. Uh, it's a little bit of old home week because next week our show, we're going to feature Bob DeProspero, who is Secret Service, and we're going to feature author Brad Melcher, who just came out with his book, The Fifth Assassin. So we're going to go to the Secret Service side. But I want to thank Laura Schwartz, who's in Chicago now, for serving the presidency, doing her great job as director of White House events, and great success to you, Laura, in the future as you go about speaking and inspiring people with your can-do attitude and touching so many lives and helping people. So thank you all. Thank you, Laura, and God bless. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 